my my first one is to whatever that little number is on your business plan of the amount of capital you're going to need to start your company, double it, and you'll probably be a lot closer to the money you're actually going to need to start your business. Um, my second would be is uh, just know that the first three years are going to suck, um, but believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and, and, and embrace the suck, right? Uh, we're no strangers to adversity. So, um, just kind of embrace that, that those first couple of years that you, you're going to struggle to get on your feet because it's going to happen. Um, and, and don't lose faith and lose sight. And also definitely don't hesitate to reach out to people for help. That's army veteran, Patrick Montgomery, founder of KC cattle company with some great advice. If you're looking to start your own business, Patrick's doing great things with KC cattle company in the Kansas city area, selling Wagyu beef coming up next on veteran on the move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. All veterans deserve a big thanks on Veterans Day. And at Navy Federal Credit Union, every day is Veterans Day. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash veterans. All right. Talking with Army veteran Patrick Montgomery, founder of KC Cattle Company. Patrick, you're one of the very few people I've interviewed where they're actually sitting out in the woods. I think I interviewed Griff a long time ago. He was sitting on a dock next to a lake. I don't know if I've interviewed a guy sitting in the woods, which awesome background. That's all real if you're watching this on uh, on the YouTube channel. Um, real woods up in uh, uh, nor- northwest of uh, Kansas City there on the Missouri side. And uh, really looking forward to hearing about what you're doing with KC Cattle Company. But before we do that, I want to hear what you did in the Army. Sure. I appreciate you having me on, Joe. Um, it's Essentially, my story in the Army starts out in 2010. I uh, dropped out of an ROTC program I was doing in, at uh, Northwest Missouri State University. And uh, I enlisted with a 75th Range Regiment contract. Um, and I did that and reported to, to 1st Ranger Battalion in March of 2011 and we ripped out on our first deployment about a month later, um, pretty busy time in Afghanistan. So we were, we were doing quite a bit over there. Um, and yeah, we did that, did that for about four years. And then I spent a little bit of time at, at, uh, Fort Riley, Kansas, before I transitioned out, moving a little closer to Kansas city, trying to get away from that, that, uh, crazy lifestyle, special operations there for a little bit. So, um, yeah, that kind of sums up my career in 30 seconds or less. Quick mm-hmm. synopsis. <laughs> awesome. So as you transitioned out, did you know exactly what you wanted to do to talk about, uh, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly with transition? You know, I think the, I think the army does some things really well with that transition out of the military and they do some things really poorly. Um, kind of one of the things I think they do really well is kind of, you know, prepping you for doing job interviews and, and kind of thinking through some of the logistics of, Hey, what's your plan once you get out? Um, and I had a pretty solid plan. I had already been accepted to Mizzou and, you know, I was moving to Columbia when I got out there and, um, kind of pursuing a career path in, in veterinary medicine. But I think one of the things they don't do well is kind of prepping you for how tough that transition is of, of losing that camaraderie of, of being surrounded by people that, um, have the same mission as you do, right. To protect this country. And, and so that's the, that's the part that, that I think I really struggled with when I got out is just like, man, you know, this civilian life of being able to get up whenever I want and do whatever I want is great. 
Um, but you do miss putting on the uniform every day and you miss being around people that, that kind of, um, have the same mindset and are as motivated as you. Mm-hmm. So that, 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 that was probably one of the things I preach most is to, to veterans that are making that transition is, you know, prep for that. And if you don't have a support system to kind of handle that, mine was my wife, but you know, if you don't have that support system, you need to think through that as well. If, you know, whether it's hunt, hunting trip uh, once a year with your other buddies that have gotten out or, or something of that nature to, to make sure you're, you're getting time to kind of feed that, that uh, hole that is created by exiting the military. Yeah. So, um, did you end up finishing school at Mizzou and talk to us about some of the things you did initially, uh, job wise, right after getting out? Sure. So, um, like I said, we moved, we moved to Mizzou. My major was animal science and I was planning on going to veterinarian school after I got done with my undergrad. Um, I was doing a minor in entrepreneurship and I kind of discovered this passion for business that I didn't know I had. Um, so I changed my mind. Uh, my last semester of my undergrad, I decided that um, I wasn't going to go to veterinary school. And so kind of my next step was, you know, figuring out, all right, well, I'm, you know, I need to start applying for jobs. I graduate here in a month. And so I started doing that. And, uh, you know, one of the jobs I applied for was a, a really solid company here in Kansas City. Um, it was a security consulting position. And I, I went and interviewed. I did did well at the interview. And um, you know, one of the last things I asked was, do you have any questions for us? And my, my question was, you know, what do you spend the majority of your day doing? And, you know, their answer was, uh, convincing corporate we're worth the money they pay us. And I was just like, man, I really feel like I'm selling out for a paycheck here. <laughs> um, so I, I was driving home from Kansas city back to Columbia. And I remember just calling my wife and being like, man, I'm so unmotivated to, you know, kind of sell out to this corporate America dream, but, you know, doing the, doing the eight to five and, you know, making a good paycheck with good benefits. It just kind of goes against everything that, that I believed in growing up. And, uh, so I told her I wanted to start a business and I didn't really know what business I just knew I wanted to start a business. So, you know, that was kind of a two to three month time period of, um, you know, whiteboarding business ideas and business names and, and, you know, kind of the, the epiphany I had was, um, being an ag student at the university of Missouri, not coming from an ag background was there's this huge disconnect between agriculture and the end consumer. And so I saw an opportunity there to create this company. And so that's what I did when I graduated. No kidding. And so talk about, talk about KC cattle company. What do you guys specialize in? Um, so our, our big things, Wagyu beef, uh, when I created the company, n- nobody knew what the heck that was. Uh, I'd say now about 80% of people are pretty familiar with Wagyu beef. I've at least heard of it. Um, yeah, you the, know, um, big- I want to tell you my, a little bit of my own experience with that. Everybody's heard of Kobe beef, you know, it's been around for decades and just in the last few months I've, I've been hearing Wagyu beef, um, many times, uh, even with people that I've interviewed, um, they're talking about Wagyu beef. So Go into, go into some little more detail about what Wagyu beef is and how that came about. Sure. So I'll start with your comparison to Kobe because that's normally the first thing I go to okay. when, when people haven't heard of Wagyu beef. So what I like to say is all Kobe beef is Wagyu, but not all Wagyu is Kobe beef. Uh-huh. Um, Kobe is a region of Japan that raises some of the best Wagyu in the world. Um, so if you're, if you're seeing it here in America, you should definitely be skeptical unless you're paying, you know, 150 to 200 bucks for a steak and, you know, 50 to 60 bucks an ounce. It's probably mm-hmm. not actual Kobe beef. Um, a Wagyu is essentially it just means black cow in Japanese. And uh, <clears throat> essentially it's got two mutations within its genome that, that make it special. One of which allows 
for about 10 times the amount of intramuscular fat. The second being um, the melting temperature of that fat is about 20 degrees less than your standard continental breeds of cattle. Um, so it makes for a very umami, buttery flavored steak. Um, so that, that was kind of our, our big thing when I, when I launched is nobody was really doing that in a big way here in the Midwest yet. Um, I was probably about a year early to bringing Wagyu to Kansas city. It was a pretty tough startup there for the first couple of years, but, um, it caught on eventually. So Wagyu beef is not like you're, you're not massaging cattle all day long. It's, 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 uh, it's really the genetics of, of the cow. Yeah, it's genetics and how you feed them. How you feed them is definitely important. Um, we don't do massages at least yet for, for our cattle. Um, but yeah, so the, the feeding program, the husbandry program of how you actually treat the cattle and then the genetics is probably the most, the most crucial portion to that tripod of creating really good beef. Wow. And so there's a lot more fat, a lot more, or marbleization built into the meat, which just gives it a much better flavor. Exactly. That's it. Yep. And so how, how long ago did, did Wagyu beef in the U S start? It's fairly new, right? Um, it's been here since the late eighties. The, the story of how it came about is pretty freaking cool. Um, you should do definitely do some research about it if you haven't heard the story, but essentially, um, you know, they're, the genetics were brought over from Japan in the late eighties. Um, and it was kind of a shady deal of how they were brought to this country, but it was, you know, some embryos and, and straws of semen and, and a few, uh, breeding animals that were brought over here and, you know, less than 50 animals. And that's where the entire herd originated from in America. So um, pretty cool story of how that, that all came about. Yeah. Now when you're, um, when you're looking at the, at the beef itself, like just when it, when it's first being processed, can you like just visually look at and compare two different kinds of beef and does it jump out at you that how much different it is, or is it really just in the taste? Well, so one of the things they do when you have a whole carcass is they, they pull out a rib. Um, that's, that's normally where your select choice and, and, um, prime grading scale from comes from is Uh they, they pull out that rib and they check the marbling on the rib eye. Um, and so that, that's definitely one of the things we look for. One of the other things you're looking for on a cat carcass is how much back fat they have. You, you want the animals pretty dang fat when you bring them in but for harvest there. And, uh, we've learned a ton in the last couple of years, uh, kind of by trial and error, just figuring out what works and what doesn't, but you can definitely tell the difference in the carcasses. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, talk about some of the initial lessons learned from starting a cattle company, essentially buying the land getting the specialized cattle? Um, the, we didn't buy land, we leased land. Uh, and I would definitely suggest anybody that's trying to get into agriculture not to not to spend the money on actually buying land. You're going to need every bit of that that capital for startup. Okay. Um, so that, 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 the big thing we figured out was just that, you know, our, our initial plan was way too ambitious. I wanted to own from calf uh, through processing to getting those steaks back to having a, you know, a distribution company to, and, and it was probably a little too ambitious. So, you know, I, I went after that business model for about a year and a half and I kind of had to really pull back and be like, man, we need to build the front end of this company and have the sales to support mm-hmm. the rest of it and kind of backfill from there. Um, and you know, another big lesson, our original business model just didn't work. Um, it was selling wholesale to restaurants and then kind of doing a little bit of farmer's markets and things like that. Uh, didn't work for us. Um, we, we kind of changed that business model in 2018 to 
uh, only focus on direct to consumer and that adaptability was key. It definitely saved his company and, and kind of found a niche market that wasn't being filled. Um, so that was kind of where we found our footing in, in 2018, beginning of 2019 there. Mm-hmm. So you basically had a corporate job interview and just said, you know what, I'm going to start my own business. And then you searched for a few months, you came up with this idea, like, how did you start? How did you be, how did you, having never run a business before yourself, how did you start and how did you just jump in and what resources did you use and you know, what recommendations do you have to other veterans out there that are thinking about starting their own business? Uh, a couple of things I did right off the bat was I went and sought out mentors. So, you know, I was like, man, who do I know in my own network that's, that is a successful business owner? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of those weren't veterans, but they, they were people that did really well in their perspective in- industries. So mm-hmm. I went and sought them out and I was like, here's my plan. I really have no idea what I'm doing. I don't even know what profit means. I don't know what revenue means. I, what do all these things mean? Right. <laughs> and you know, I was, I was very transparent with the fact that I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And you know, they believed in me enough to, to kind of give me the time of day to, to teach me and, you know, be like, all right, here's, here's the business plan we need to put together. Here's a template for what that looks like. Um, here's some free, free, um, resources you need to check out. And then I was doing a ton of research on my own. Um, I went to our, our VA resource center there in Columbia and, you know, I knew about the, um, man, I'm drawing a blank on the name, the small business, was it, um, the acronym for SBA. it? Well, they had the, the veteran specific one. There's a veteran specific resource there for, for yes, people. That, um, at, I'll think VA, of it BC or something like that. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So, so the SBA has a specific, uh, section or department for veteran, uh, businesses and exactly. Um, yeah. I'll think about it in a second. I'll think about it. In a second. <laughs> so I went and reached out to them and I did some, some, um, free classes and, and things of that nature of just how to put it together, a business plan and how to pitch it to a bank and boots to all business? these certain things. Was it boots to business? This uh, yes, has that, a boost to business. That, yeah, that's that's the that's the program I did. I, okay. I forget what the name of the freaking acronym is. Of course, there's so many acronyms <laughs> yeah. in the government, as we all well know. Right. But, um, so I did that, and um, you know, the banks wouldn't really give me the time of day. I think one of the big issues we have in this country is there's pr- plenty of free advice out there for people who want to start business. There's just not enough capital out there for, mm-hmm. for folks that, that want to start one. So um, I was fortunate enough to have a friend uh, who was running a nonprofit down in, in Georgia that helped the, the men of first ranger battalion there mm-hmm. who was willing to kind of give us our seed investment. Um, so we did that and that was enough money to kind of just really get a proof of concept, um, which took us the first, every bit of the first full two years there. I, um, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, the first year it was a failing business. And then the second year we really didn't find success until we had that hot dog article, um, in 2019 there. So, um, yeah, but really the the free the free advice going out and seeking people that are that are successful in their prospective industries. They like to talk about, you know, how they did what they did. It's it's kind of a reward for them to go back and help the the little guys that are, you know, where they were 25 years ago. So uh, I definitely suggest that. Yeah. So uh, many interviews ago, um one of the guests said that there's an old adage that says if if you ask for money, you'll get advice. And if you ask for advice, you'll get money. <laughs> That's a very that? good adage. <laughs> yeah, if you come in asking for money, they're not just going to give you advice. But if you if you ask for advice, totally innocent, you're not looking for money. That's typically sometimes where the money will come from. 
No, you're, you're, you're spot on there. Even the, even the initial seed investment, it wasn't me asking for it. It was me complaining about, you know, I'm trying to get loans from the USDA and the freaking SPA. And it's like, man, there's just nobody out there that's willing to take a bet on you. And they're like, well, you know, he, he just offered. And I was like, well, that's perfect. Let's do that. <laughs> so, so it holds true. Definitely holds true. Yep. That's awesome. Definitely. Now you mentioned hot dogs. I was reading, you, you had, I was reading some of your information. You said you guys have like the best hot dogs. Like when you started this, this cattle company basically for beef, did you ever imagine that one of your, one of your first big publicly public success stories would be hot dogs? No, I definitely did not. <laughs> um, you know, the reason that came about was, uh, one of the issues we were running into that the first year of sales there was, you know, our steaks were flying off the shelf, but we were, and our ground beef was selling well, but you just produce so much ground beef compared to steaks that all of our money was getting tied up in the freezer and ground beef. So I was like, man, how are we going to fix this? Um, mm. and that, the hot dog was one of the things we came up with. So we launched that in the spring of 2019. It was hands down one of our worst sellers. Um, and we had an article come out in food and wine digital that basically proclaimed our hot dog was the best in the world. We had no idea it was coming out and we yeah. had, you know, a million people visit the website in three days and, you know, sold 7,500 packs of hot dogs. And <laughs> it was, it was insane, man. Death by growth is a very real thing. So wow. <laughs> beware. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. All right. We'll hold that thought. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I've been a Navy federal credit union member for over 31 years. Back in 1990, during my first few weeks of active duty, one of my fellow Marines told me I had to become a member of Navy Federal because they know and understand the military. So I did. And 31 years later, I still have that exact same account. We also now have all of our business accounts with Navy Federal. In honor of Veterans Day, Navy Federal thanks veterans in a meaningful way. They offer resources like Best Careers After Service, Best Cities After Service. They're a top VA home lender. They offer veteran employment assistance partnerships with nonprofits like U.S. Vets. They get the military. At Navy Federal, every day is Veterans Day. You can learn more at NavyFederal.org veterans. That's NavyFederal.org veterans. Insured by NCUA, an equal housing lender. All right, back talking with Army veteran Patrick Montgomery, founder of KC Cattle Company. So, Patrick... Um, just out of nowhere, you jumped into entrepreneurship, started a business, a lot of lessons learned. Um, what kind of skills did you learn in the military? What were some of those skills you had learned from all your experience in the Army that really came to light and helped out in being a business owner? It's a great question, Joe. And I, I think there's a couple things that jump immediately to mind there. And the first of which is, you know, you heard me mention that our original business plan was just failing. It just was not working. We were losing money hand over fist. And, you know, one of the things you learn in the military is you can have the best plan in the world, but when that first shot goes over your head, it goes out the window, right? We've all heard that a million times. Yep. Um, and, and that carries over so well to, to the business world because, you, you kind of learn to flip that switch when you're in the military. Hey, this isn't working and I need to, I need to try a new plan of attack. Um, you're not setting that ego of that egotistical, like I created this plan. It's got to work. I got to keep doubling down. And so adaptability is freaking huge that you learn in the, the military that transfers over very well to entrepreneurship. Um, the other part's just work ethic, right? Like you, you're no stranger to working 60 to 80 hours a week. And that's, that's what you're going to do those first couple of years of business. And, you know, even, even now it's like, you know, we're in our fourth year of sales. We've 
have an established business model, but I still work, you know, 60, 80 hours a week, but I, I get to do it in places like this, talking to you instead of, yeah. you know, um, in an office cube somewhere. So awesome. th- th- I, I just think the military does a lot of disservices to, to veterans in the aspect of they don't preach entrepreneurship more. Um, you know, we all hear that there's all these issues going on in the veteran community. Um, but I think part of that's perspective. We all dealt with things that were, that, that were terrible when we were in, mm-hmm. um, whether you deploy it or not. And if you just kind of flip that mindset of, Hey, you know, those things I experienced are going to be detrimental to the rest of my life to, Hey, I'm going to take that experience and I'm going to use it to motivate myself to, to go do awesome things in my community. Once I exit, I think it's huge. Right. Yeah. Great perspective. So, um, you're in year four, you say, uh, of uh, KC cattle company, roughly. Yep. This is our fourth yep. year sales. So have you, have you started when did, have you, have you started making a profit? Yeah. So last year was our first year making money. Awesome. And what was it specifically that turned, turned the tide? Was it the hot dogs or was it just a, a reassessment of the whole business model? So the hot dogs was a great deal. We, we lost money on that because my business just wasn't designed to ship single packs of hot dogs across uh, the country. But what we gained was, you know, 20,000 customers that, right. that read about our story and loved the brand and they absolutely loved the product. So they came back to purchase more. So we get, we got an established business model out of that going into 2020, we had all these plans of, you know, a little more uh, controlled growth instead of just chaotic growth, like we experienced in 2019. Um, but then obviously COVID kind of, changed all that. And for us, it was in a good way. I mean, people can find protein on their, on their shelves. So they were start scouring the internet for, for beef and, you know, they came to us. And so we gained a ton of new customers out of that as well. Yeah. So, um, going back to the hot dog thing, everyone talks about don't eat hot dogs. There's so much bad stuff in them. Obviously your hot dogs don't have all this bad stuff in them. So, um, have you had any issues overcoming the stigma of the whole concept of hot dogs? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of good for us because we have a ton of counter arguments to the arguments people make to us, right? Uh-huh. Like it's packed full of sodium. Our, our hot dogs are one of the lowest sodium that you're going to find, uh-huh. um, out there. So, you know, moms love to feed them to their kids. Uh, people that are worried about their health love to eat our hot dogs. Um, we're not pumping in some of the, some of the weird things that you see in, in hot uh-huh. dogs right at the store. It's uh, all natural, um, uncured fully cooked caseless hot dog made a hundred percent with Wagyu beef. So, uh, it kind of sells itself. And once you try the product, people are like, man, it's the best hot dog I've ever had. So you're always going to have that stigma of of people that are health conscious, but I always like to say, you know, what's worse for you is that Diet Coke or a hot dog. And (laughs) I'm going to argue it's the Diet Coke. So, (laughs) yeah, exactly. And so as far as like the beef prices, uh, hamburger, great steaks, Typically, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're a little bit higher than a lot of the other beef that's uh, there in the freezer. Yeah, so we uh, Wagyu beef across the board is more expensive. Um, that's for twofold, kind of, which we talked about earlier. You feed them for about twice as long, so you're putting more inputs into them, and they're staying alive for another year. Mm. Um, so that's one of the reasons. And two, they're a smaller frame cow with a with a smaller yield of beef that come off of them. So um, there is definitely a premium for our product. Don't be mm. don't be surprised when you see that. But compared to the our competitors, we are quite a bit cheaper per yeah. pound. And it's probably not as expensive as, I mean. Anytime you go into a Whole Foods or any of the, the health food stores, everything in is automatically more expensive, whether it really does, needs to be or not. Yep. So, um, 
So talk about some of the other uh, aspects of, of running a business um, and, and how important your leadership skills from the Army have come to, come into play and uh, dealing with employees. And um, I did see something where you, you, you're only hiring veterans. You only have veterans working for you. Is that right? Yeah. So we, we have um, all veterans working here. There's seven of us now. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty tiny crew. People always like to say like, Oh, that's so cool that you do that. But it, it's, it's a huge benefit for the company because we all have the same work ethic and you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're pretty picky about the veterans we do bring on here. Um, but we all have the same mentality. We all have the same goal. And, you know, uh, I, I also think that's one of the things the military teaches you is just taking care of your guys. That's what good leaders do. Um, and gals. And so that, that's one of the things I brought into the business is, you know, it's not all about me making money. Um, if we have a good year, we, we get back, um, and we get back to veteran organizations and I embrace the suck just, just alongside everybody else that works here. So, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it creates a camaraderie kind of the thing we were talking about that I missed during that transition. We, we had that here, which is definitely one of the things I miss the most. Yeah. And so where do you see Casey cattle company in the future? Just continue, continuing to march on down the road and, and continue the same battle plan, or you got some, any, any big surprises in the near future? Yeah. So th- this year has been weird for us. Um, you know, we've never had a normal year since I started the company, right? Like mm-hmm. 2019 was a hot dog deal. 2020 is COVID. Um, so this is kind of our, our first semi-normal year and it's been anything but, um, you know, inflation's definitely hit us on the chin. We've been battling that the entirety of the year um, and, and just trying to figure out how you navigate those waters. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're rolling into a holiday season that I'm pretty excited about. Uh, I think it's going to be a big one for us. Um for 2021, we're, we're working on building a new fulfillment center down in the city and then opening a retail space down there. So, mm-hmm. um, we're, we're pretty excited about that. Um, and we're also, we're thinking about, uh, doing a food truck here in Kansas city that, that are slinging some of our burgers and dogs. So oh, that's cool. kind of another initiative that we're pushing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Cause I, we, you know, we just moved from Kansas city, so we're down in Florida now, but we'll definitely be coming back to visit friends and family from time to time. So I have to come out and check out the operation sometime. Well, when you, when you come up, definitely let me know and we'll give you a tour. Yeah. Love to see it. That'd be awesome. So, uh, to close out, um, you know, if you're, if you're talking to somebody out there, a veteran, somebody getting out, somebody in transition, looking to start their own business. Um, wait a minute, before we do that, back up a little bit. How do we find KC Cattle Company? Cause you, you are direct to consumer, right? So yep, that's all we do. Talk about that process. And if somebody's interested in KC cattle company, how do we find you? Yeah. So, uh, easiest way to find us, we're on all the social media, major social media flat platforms at, uh, at KC cattle company. And then, uh, if you're, you're looking to order or check out our, our product or ask us a question, um, just jump on KC cattle company.com. Um, and you can find our contact info there to, to shoot us an email. We love helping veterans that are interested in starting businesses. So don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. All right. Back to the last question. You're talking to somebody that's getting out in transition, looking to get in business for themselves, start their own company. What kind of advice would you have for them? My, my first one is to whatever that little number is on your business plan of the amount of capital you're going to need to start your company, double it. And you'll probably be a lot closer to the money you're actually going to need to start your business. (laughs) Um, my second would be is, uh, just know that the first three years are going to suck. Um, but believe in yourself and believe in what you're doing and, and, and embrace the suck, right? Uh, we're no strangers to adversity. So, um, just kind of embrace that, that 
those first couple of years that you, you're going to struggle to get on your feet because it's going to happen. Um, and, and don't lose faith and lose sight. And also definitely don't hesitate to reach out to people for help. Awesome. All right. Great advice, Patrick. Awesome interview. Look forward to KC Cattle Company's future success. And uh, thanks for sharing your entrepreneurial success story. Thanks for having me on, Joe. You bet. All right. These two veterans are Oscar Mike. Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.